What's up, homies? What's up, homies? I'm Erica. And I'm Roshane. And as always, thank you so much for hanging out with us today as we dive into another spooky movie. And this time, we're going international. Mm-hmm. Oh, never mind. <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> that one French person who's listening already offended (laughs) i'm offended as soon as it came out of my mouth i was like don't do this (laughs) please don't do this (laughs) um but yeah we're going international and we're going back to body horror um Mm -hmm. in a way as well because we are talking about titan um this is a movie that was kind of on our radar i want to say a couple months ago Mm because i remember us watching the trailer for this movie at some point for some reason yeah um however looking for a pride pick for this month this one has been on several lists that i've looked at like a lot of lists that are like up to date um seem to have titan on there and so i guess both of us are kind of curious as to why and yes um shout out a to the homies that have requested or recommended this movie for us to cover but yeah you're right this has since it came out in 2021 has been on lists that talk about queer horror films to check out i do want to shout out the instagram account horror movie stills because every single year in june they always do this big comprehensive list of films Mm. that are um, either have queer undertones or directed by people within the community or have storylines that deal with it. And it's a great I check it out every year because there's a lot, honestly, that just kind of slip past my radar. And so I always like to check it out just to see what movies I haven't heard about and what movies I should be checking out. So if you guys are interested in watching filling your june but also filling your year with movies like that then go check out their account and go to that post and flip through i believe there's 90 of them um on the recent one that they posted so go check that out hell yeah but this film in particular is very interesting uh one of course this it falls i I would say this falls under the umbrella of horror but it's also What's the what's the what's the term for that? A uh, mismatch. Uh, a mix. It's a mixed bag. <laughs> okay. It's a mixed okay. Bag of different stuff. <laughs> yeah, a hodgepodge, if you will. It's a hodgepodge. <laughs> yeah, it, it, there's a lot of genres that I think this movie falls mm-hmm. under, and it's also definitely one of those movies that makes you think because a lot of stuff happens. Um, like a lot of stuff happens right. and I I am like very fresh off watching the film, so I'm still kind of like processing everything that i just saw uh yes i'm actually quite glad that you said that because i will say just a heads up for this episode i think this will be one of the few times where you will hear me processing the film within the episode there's a lot of things that happen in this movie that i definitively cannot say that i understand or that i comprehend or that i know why this scene or this character played out the way that it played out. And so I do feel like this episode for me is going to be a 
pretty thorough try at an analysis analysis within my brain but I might pick pick out a multitude of different variations and probably will try and land on the one that I feel like it's the closest to so yeah this will be an interesting conversation because I a will probably I I imagine that both of us are going to have different reasonings for a lot of the things that happen within this film which I do think is purposeful i think that this is the type of movie where you can come to your own conclusions it really does not solidify answers for you so i do think it is kind of left up to the audience to decide what they want to decide and so that'll be interesting i think for us to talk about but yeah you might be hearing a me flip-flopping a lot in this episode (laughs) but i think that'll be necessary for me to truly process this film and like it's full capacity. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And so like for those listening, if you're somebody who's like a diehard fan of this film and like you understand all the ins and outs, you understand every little bit of symbolism, et cetera, et cetera. Just know that like we're trying to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, we're in the group of people that just watch this and we're really trying to break down what we just saw. Yes. Um, and if you are in that group as well, you came to the right place because we're going to be doing this together. Mm-hmm. But I guess without further ado, should we uh, talk about the scariness of Titan? Yeah, let's hit up that scare scale. As usual, five is the scariest it could be. And one is not scary at all. For this film, I'm actually going to give it a one. But mm-hmm. I, I do think that's because... Out of the multitude of emotions that I feel like this movie is trying to incite within the audience, I don't think that fear is one of them. I don't think yeah. that that was uh, the what this film was trying to do at all. It's uh, There's a lot of other things that I think it's focused on tonally mm-hmm. and thematic-wise that... Yeah, I don't think this movie was ever trying to be scary. And so it's successful in that way. Um, it's gory at at some parts and uncomfortable in some places, which maybe could incite that feeling of fear for some people. But yeah, this is a this is a pretty pretty solid one for me. Yeah, I agree. I'm in the same spot for basically all the same reasons. Mm-hmm. I think that again, this film. It's funny because this film is on a lot of like horror lists, but I really don't think that it can be confined into that genre. It really is tackling quite a couple different ones. Um, And although it is graphic at times, kind of gory, et cetera, et cetera, it's never like scary, I would say. Um, You're definitely feeling other things while watching this one than fear. So Yeah. And and honestly, talking talking out loud about this now, I think that that could be true for a lot of movies that fall into the body horror genre is Mm -hmm. that I think that type of genre isn't ever really going to be too scary for anybody unless they can really relate to that feeling of not having control and agency over your body. And so like that element of it, I think will always be frightening, but I do just think that that, subgenre at least especially for me that's why i like it so much always leans less towards the scare factor and more towards the uncomfortability yeah yeah i agree and i also well 
I suppose if you have like a fear of pregnancy, perhaps this movie might be kind of scary. Mm-hmm. That's like the one pool of people that I think might get some chills from this one. Mm-hmm. But yeah, outside of that, scares ain't what you're worried about with this one. Uh, you got other things to think about. Trust. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's very <laughs> that's very true. <laughs> but all right, homies, we are entering into spoiler territory, so you have been warned. But today we are talking about Titan from 2021. This film was written and directed by Julia DeCorno, starring Agatha Russell as Alexia and Vincent Linden as Vincent. Alexia has always had an impulsive personality. A well-known dancer in the world of motor shows, Alexia has always had a passion for cars. But... When that passion leads to her getting pregnant, we quickly learn about Alexia's other passion, murder. After killing several people, including her own parents, Alexia is now on the run. But is there any place to hide for the deadly car enthusiast? Insert stab happy hairpins, kinky car lap dances, and A surprisingly moving tale about gender identity here. Our film concludes with Alexia assuming the identity of a lost boy named Adrian, son of firefighter Captain Vincent. Will she be able to maintain the ruse? Or will the captain find out Alexia's true nature? Also, did she just fuck a car? Roll credits. Mm. <laughs> I don't remember Christine being like this. <laughs> the unrated cut. <laughs> Not gonna lie, that caught me all the way off guard. Mm-hmm. Wasn't expecting it. Don't know if I should have been expecting it, but uh, yeah, that happened. <laughs> but also surprisingly tasteful. I don't yeah. think I've ever thought, how can you have sex with a car but make it kind of... I don't know, kind of classy. <laughs> kind of look, true. but the way that it's shot, uh, it's pretty, pretty well done. It, mm-hmm. I, I never have ever, never have I been worried about the oversexualization of a car, of a, of a Cadillac, <laughs> to be specific. But I actually thought they did a very good job in in keeping keeping things keeping things nice and and tasteful. See, that's the thing about, like, foreign films. They just have this grasp over intimacy that I just feel like we have not yet, we haven't yet figured out. Because, like, there's just some, there's something about the way that they tackle, I think, romance and passion in general that I feel like is so different than what I will typically see in, like, media from the States, you know? Yeah, no, that's very true. If if this was a an american film i think that scene would have played out very differently mm-hmm. than it did i don't know why but i am i feel like by the end of it the car probably would have rocked itself so hard the tires would have blown off or something <laughs> ridiculous or like the windshield would have just shattered mm-hmm. or some crazy shit or the horn would have been like <laughs> but at the end of it and it would have just been so much. Hey, I will give this movie this. That's probably the most creative sex scene I've seen in a film to date, or at least that I can in recent memory, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. No, I'll 
I'll give you that. I was just pondering some. Of my, I was trying to think of going through another one. Codex, but of I don't creative think sex scenes. I can. So for now, <laughs> I will give it to to uh, Titan. <laughs> Okay. best sex scene in a film the cadillac and <laughs> <laughs> and alexia so but all right so let's do our best to try and like walk through this and process the things that we've just seen mm-hmm. um erica i would love to know what is in your notebook okay well the first thing that i noted was I said, poor wayfaring stranger, the choir connections never stop. Because I also sang this song in choir in school. Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> and I actually had forgotten about it because once again, poor wayfaring stranger is just not a song that I hear on the on the regular. The mm-hmm. last time I heard it was when I was in middle school. And it just took me by surprise because it brought back, brought back some memories. You know, it's interesting because, like, my first note is, like, I don't know why, but this song always gives me bad vibes in horror films because I just, <laughs> I feel like anytime I hear this song, something terrible tends to happen immediately afterwards. Yeah. And, like, granted, I don't have too many, like, concrete examples. Like, we got this one. I think at some point, maybe in like The Last of Us, they play this song before some shit goes down. Mm-hmm. Very Regardless- similar types, if not this exact song. Right. So it's just like uh, songs that sound like this. I always feel like those like kind of moody, slightly yeah. country-esque ballads type songs. Like they're always there to underscore some terrible shit that's about to go down. For sure. It's a sorrowful song. It's it is pretty grim and it actually fits though the story of this movie i think Mm -hmm. pretty well and kind of underlines i think the journey that we go on with our main character and it is a song about a journey to death Mm -hmm. and at the end of the day that's kind of what we're what we're on with uh, alexia whether we know that in the beginning or not. I don't think that there's really many ways that this story could have ended just because of the shenanigans that right. she finds herself in. I mean, it was always going to end poorly for her, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what was crazy about this movie is I feel like for a majority of the time, the movie seems to go at a very slow and deliberate pace, mm-hmm. except in the beginning. Because I feel like in the beginning, there is so much that happens in that first, like, 25, 30 yeah, minutes. Dude. It's insane. Like, we go on basically half of Alexia's life journey in the span of this time frame. Like, going from being younger, getting into the car crash, mm-hmm. which... Look, she was kind of being obnoxious in that backseat, but to while you're on the highway, full on turn around, my guy, like, come on now. Yeah, be serious, because the whole reason you're turning around to tell her to put her seatbelt on is because of her safety. So you take your eyes completely. Not only do you take your eyes completely off the road, you do a full 180 twist to the backseat. Just tell her to put her seatbelt back on. I yeah. think <laughs> I, I think the... It's it's done well in the sense of I I feel that they do a good job of ramping up the annoyance that mm-hmm. he has leading to that moment. It's not 
the first thing that happens. It's not as if he's just turning around angry out of nowhere. She definitely is grinding his gears before that happens. And I think it was more just the the straw that broke the camel's back more than anything. And he reacted so intensely because it had been ramping up. But still, dude. So yeah, you didn't keep, have to keep, do all that. Yeah, keep your eyes <laughs> on the road. Um, but what's kind of interesting is I feel like through the trailer and just like early ideas of what this movie is, I felt like the car crash and the whole like her having titanium in her head mm-hmm. would play a much bigger role than it actually does. But it's really just kind of like the inciting incident. And like later on, we'll get into some like, I guess, symbolism with it. But overall, that is like not really what the story seems to be about. Right. Because the first 20-ish, 25-ish minutes of this movie almost feels like a different movie. Not in a Mm -hmm. bad way, but it just definitely takes a very abrupt shift. We are following a very different tale than we're set up with. So the beginning almost feels more just a prequel to the real story. Because we're just learning little bits and bobs that will come back later, but don't end up being the full story in the same way that I presumed that it would be. This movie also reminds me a lot of the movie Crash by David Lynch, Mm -hmm. um, which is another movie about someone who gets in a car accident and as a result has an extreme infatuation to with cars and car accidents and that turns them on and yeah we have a very similar situation here where the car accident only increases her obsession with cars because i do feel like even before that happens it feels like she has some sort of interest in cars because the first thing we ever see of her is her imitating a car like the Mm -hmm. car engine then it feels like after the accident, it just kind of gets dialed up in intensity and then continues to dial and dial and dial up until we re-meet her as an adult where she is full-on attracted and turned on. But it's not even really cars. It's it's metal. Like, Mm -hmm. the... It almost feels more like the... What's that called? Material? Yes, the material of the car more so than the car itself, which I feel like really plays out when we see her and Justine, because it's not really Justine that she's attracted to. It's her nipple piercing that she's into. And it seems like she is infatuated with the material of metal. Mm -hmm. And it just is lucky that a car is basically all metal. (laughs) Right. So, yeah, we get this prequel precursor setting up of everything here which i do i i i really like it because i do think it very subtly sets up so so much Mm -hmm. um but when we jump into kind of present day alexia yet now she is working motor shows she's a dancer seems to be really well known because people are like asking her for autographs and like a lot of people seem to be crowding around for her performances and whatnot And you can tell that these, like you said, these cars definitely, or the metal makes her very hot and bothered. Mm -hmm. But it's so, so getting into the car sex scene, right? How we get there is kind of wild because, (laughs) I mean, 
we so we meet her at the motor show all that happens she does perform and she's going home she has the whole little thing with justine and she's going home and then some crazy fan um basically stalks her Mm -hmm. after and then follows her to her car and was just like hey can i get an autograph and from there is just like ramping up and and escalating the things that they want from alexia not knowing at all that she is fully cool with stabbing the shit out of them Mm -hmm. um which the setup for that scene i did like because it really establishes how resourceful of a character alexia is which is something that i do find very endearing and i think is very interesting for a main character to follow because she's one of those characters where every time she does something i'm always like I mean, yeah, that seemed like the next step that you needed to do. Because mm-hmm. uh, the guy's like at her window. He's like banging on there. And like, so she rolls down the window, um, which is, you know, that's already taken a risk. But then she gives the autograph. And then from there, he's like, clearly he wants something nefarious from her. And so she tricks him. Like she leans into it. And she's like, all right, you want to make out, bro? Let's make out. And then mm-hmm. while that's happening, she grabs her her signature weapon, yeah. uh, which is her hairpin that mm-hmm. she is always rocking, and stabs this man straight through the ear, which I was like, oh. Mm-hmm. Oh, you fully deserved it, but man, that shit looked like it hurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's I, I do actually really like this scene, the, the chase quote unquote sequence. I think the shot is super cool, mainly because this the lighting design for it is really, really well done in the way that it's lit. A utilizes these really intense neon lights that are kind of permeating in the background. And then as a result, cast a shadow of them on the wall. And so it's kind of cool because you watch their shadows chase each other Mm -hmm. and then also watch them chase each other. And there's this really cool shot of her walking by really quickly and you just see him posted up in the background waiting for Mm -hmm. her to pass. And then he starts to follow her and it's really cool. And so that scene i was totally on board with but yeah i think the cool thing about the way that this is set up is this moment happens and it almost feels easy for her and it's weird because we don't know really Why? why and then through background information you discover that oh shit she's a serial killer bro (laughs) she's been killing that's why she didn't care that's why it wasn't that big of a deal that's why she wasn't she rolled her window down because she says okay you trying to knock a few bucks because i am like i'm the danger here sir (laughs) and and that's kind of a fun reveal but even that just is is an extra element to the story that is just more to her character because what we'll find with her is that she is not only it's not even really i don't think that she's incapable i just think that she has absolutely no desire when we first meet her to build any sort of connection with humans or mm-hmm. and people there's no emotional need or want for her to connect to another person and so she has no issues seeing them as objects person perhaps to be disposed of but i think it's easier for her to connect to things that aren't real like two objects because there's not that 
there's all these, especially with these people. And I think with the profession that she's in, I think a lot of people, she expects people to want a certain thing from her. And for the most part, we see that a lot with characters of seeing her as this sex symbol or this thing that they just want something from. And I, I just feel like that's just not at all what she is looking for in other people. And I think we also see that it's interesting with her parents because I think from the jump, her and her dad don't have a good relationship. Don't. And, yeah. But we don't ever really get to see more of that and why mm-hmm. that is the way it is because we don't get to see her before the age that we jump in with her where she's already like she's a kid but she's a little bit of an older kid and so we don't really know the background of that story but i do think it's so interesting because with her mom her mom seems like a loving fine person she seems like she wants to have a relationship with her daughter and and cares about her but we never see that reciprocated and so you do kind of have to think that she has always felt this disconnection from her like from people and from her family and then this incident just kind of pushes that even further i feel like similarly to the character and i'm not a serial killer we have this character who yeah like you said doesn't really have what we would consider the regular connection with other humans or Mm -hmm. people that i think we're accustomed to so it's a pov that i think is foreign to a lot of people um and can come across as like cold but I do think that this character is just kind of navigating the world in the only ways that she knows how to. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just like I. So uh, let me. All right, let me just ask. Like, how did you? How did you feel about about the car sequence and like this whole? Because this is an important plot point for the entire film. Is this first car sex scene? Although it is shot very tastefully and very mm-hmm. creative, um, we find out very quickly that she becomes pregnant from the car. Right. And which that's is, real. Like, this is actually happening. <laughs> this is actually happening, which is very interesting because this is a very grounded film, mm. especially in terms of, like, the character development, the way that these people are presented. Everything feels very real, but then there's kind of, like, this pseudo-fantasy element with the cars here because, like, yeah, she has a real pregnancy mm-hmm. from this, from having sex with this car, and so she's navigating that for the rest of the film, and it's also kind of like the, ins- I guess, the inciting incident to the slasher bit at the at the house party, because, like, you're right. right, this film is very much, like, two separate films. Like, the first half feels like a kind of slasher-esque horror film, and then we go into more of, like, a moving drama later mm-hmm. on. But, yes, she <laughs> finds out she's pregnant um, while she's, like, hanging with Justine. Mm-hmm. And then from there, I guess she makes a decision to murder everyone that knows about her um, and go on the run. Because she does try she does try to do, like, a, to self-get rid of the pregnancy Mm -hmm. um which does not work and then from there proceeds to just murder everyone which caught me completely off guard i was not expecting that sequence honestly the sequence is probably one of my favorites it's so fucking funny to me um it's it's like it's a great sequence it's i just feel really bad 
It's going to sound terrible, but I just feel really bad for the black guy. He was but, so innocent. Dude, okay, but one of my notes was, oh, Jupy, come on. Don't be so down bad. Because the reason, part of the reason that he dies is because he is just so ready to accept this this woman like being weird in their house and he says something along the lines of you can share a bed with me and i just thought chupi gotta think with the other head my guy <laughs> it's true it's true but it seems like because like the, all right this movie throws you into so many scenarios right like when we get to this scenario it feels like they're doing like a house party orgy sort of like vibe or something because there's a lot of people in this house yeah most of them naked um and there seems to be just a lot of uh, uh coitus and and stuff happening mm -hmm. juby i just feel like he was just he missed what happened downstairs and he was just trying to get caught up to speed he's mm -hmm. like hey where's where's the party now like what's going on <laughs> yeah it, i uh, this scene is so it, it is it is sad because he is a very he is a very nice person he's be, trying to be very nice to her but it is a funny scene otherwise just because yeah so post post Cadillac, Cadillac coitus she meets up with Justine that whole thing happens I I think that the whole thing with her killing just deciding to kill Justine to me feels like it it feels like she gets triggered by people being overtly pushy with the, like touchy or pushy with connections or like even just trying to be sexual with her because like I said she was into it earlier because she wanted a very specific thing she was turned on but only because Justine has this nipple piercing and mm -hmm. then goes back to their house but I honestly think the only reason she went back to the house was because she was thinking I need to get this pregnancy thing figured out right takes the pregnancy test it's positive and then gets interrupted trying to terminate the pregnancy by justine i honestly feel like she's kind of cool like she's obviously freaking out about the situation but i feel like she's cool and then justine is kind of starts to be all over her and that's what i feel like makes her switch i feel like she gets kind of overwhelmed by the situation and then mm. that makes her want to want to hurt her it feels like this weird control thing because kind of like this stalker guy it's like he was overtly sexual with her she wasn't into it she killed him mm -hmm. justine was kind of starting to be that way she wasn't into it she killed him even later with vincent i feel like he is kind of the same way where he is overtly trying to get what he wants from her and she wants and that makes her want to kill him i i almost feel like it's this feeling of when people push a boundary or like start to push that mm. line that it almost makes her think ah oh, fuck it i'm sick of this like i don't want to be around right. you anymore like, i don't want to deal with this anymore i'm gonna get rid of you in the way that i know how which means i'm gonna kill you it just so happened that she didn't realize that there were other people in the house. Multiple people in the house. <laughs> she thought that it was only her, which was so funny to me, how she mm -hmm. thought it was only her and Justine. And then the guy walks down and she she's kills like, him. Well, shit. Yeah, she goes, oh, and she kills him. And then while she's killing him, the lady runs down and she's like, 
fuck and then she goes upstairs <laughs> to go to the lady and then the black guy walks out and she's like how many other people are in this house, <laughs> in this house? but that it's... ends up being just it ends up being just those three additional people but it's so funny when more and more people start to come out and you really because it... even you start to think shit how many people are in this, <laughs> this house? house it feels like a clown car situation yeah. <laughs> and like her it, it it also helps you that her kind of nonchalant attitude about mm-hmm. it, I think, aids in that. Because, yeah, like we said earlier, she's very unfazed by killing people. It doesn't yeah. really bother her that much. Um, but I also like um, kind of echoing one of our previous episodes uh, about, like, choreography. I really enjoy the choreography of the sequence, too. Um, one, just the blanket, this movie beautiful shot yeah. so so well there's just so many things that look gorgeous in this film um but the choreography in the sequence what i love about it is everything feels like something alexia is capable of doing like the way that she dispatches mm-hmm. all of these people are ways that i'm like if this if this woman was in this scenario and she had to kill these people i fully imagine it would look something similar to this. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also love the fact that she doesn't manage to kill everyone and somebody actually gets away because she isn't superhuman. Yeah. She is, she sure, she has murderous tendencies, but she is still just a you know regular person as far as we know. Um, right. so, so, so one person does get away and that really starts this kind of domino effect of like, well, because I couldn't dispatch everybody in the house, now the police are going to be looking for me. Now I am, you know, I'm, I'm on the run here. Mm-hmm. And although it's implied that she's been doing the serial killer thing for a little bit now, I think this is our first instance of like, she did it, but couldn't get rid of all the witnesses. Like mm-hmm. she couldn't get rid of the evidence. So now she's kind of fucked. Um, yeah. And so from here, um, we see her returning home Um I'm assuming killing her parents in a fire because she comes, she comes back, she burns some of the evidence um, and while burning it decides to just let the entire house burn, Mm -hmm. which I love that sequence just because the way that one, the way that it looks is really great. But now thinking back on it, it is kind of like a foreshadowing with like her meeting up with Vincent. Mm -hmm. I'm realizing now is like those two things could be somewhat connected. Um, But man, brutal to just like look your dad in the face and be like yeah okay bye and lock Stone him in there cold but also a door being able to be locked from the outside does definitely seem like an architectural design flaw because True. what why <laughs> why would you do that i'm not very familiar with the way that houses are built in in france and also too i do think that might be a design on a lot of older houses because a lot of yeah. them had keys but it just does still seem like that would be a really really bad idea to have it be able to be locked and unlocked from the outside of the bedroom mm-hmm. so that yeah but it, it is implied now that's another thing that we never get confirmation on is whether they actually do die or not but what we do know is that she was willing to kill them because Mm -hmm. they didn't serve a purpose anymore. I think for a while it was fine living with them because she did have a life. And now that life is over because of the fact that the jig is up. She, and I, I also think what I appreciate about this whole sequence and the witness getting away, which I do think it was a good, I, I do like the fact that 
the girl is able to get away because she like slams her head into the wall. And as we mm-hmm. know, her head kind of is her Achilles heel. She has yeah. some issues up there and it's very sensitive. So her head gets slammed against the wall and that kind of stuns her. And so our girl is able to get away. But what I like about it is even though she, yeah, obviously she fucked up. This was a mistake. She didn't know that all those extra people were there. And I kind of like that. I like that she's kind of clumsy and not Mm -hmm. very careful because like I said, it really does feel very, although she's pretty nonchalant about things, I do feel like her urge to kill does come on pretty quickly and it feels like it needs to be satiated. And I feel like when it happens and it happens so quickly like that, I like that she's kind of clumsy and it almost felt like it was one of those things where she, I don't know. I just think that feels more realistic because yeah, of course nobody wants to get caught, but not everybody's perfect. And I feel like Mm -hmm. a lot of times we see a lot of perfection in horror films where these serial killers are like doing they Shit. just understand and know everything. Not they, a drop of blood is left behind. The body yeah. is disposed of, set up perfectly. And that's not really what we're getting here. We're getting somebody who is kind of flying by the seat of their pants and eventually fucking flies too close to the sun and, and mm-hmm. can't handle the heat anymore. So I, I really enjoyed that. Um, and, and it's basically post this that we get into a new story (laughs) Story storyline basically yeah she's got to i mean she's on the run now and so we get this whole sequence of she makes it to like i want to say this is like a it's like a bus station train station like some sort of terminal place um but while being there she finds out that one the police are looking for her like officially mm-hmm. um but while she's there she also notices a bunch of like missing posters of people who have disappeared and so she not having a lot of options decides to assume the identity of one of these people and so in needing to do so has to completely alter her appearance which another sequence i really love just due to commitment man character commitment she was like, look, I got to look like this guy. Mm-hmm. And currently I do not look like him. So I'm going to do everything I got to do to look like this Adrian fellow. Mm-hmm. Even if that means like she chops off her hair, she gets ready to like, she does the full body wrap to like hide her gender. And then also is like, well, my nose doesn't quite have the same angle that Adrian's nose does. So Miss Alex not only punches the shit out of herself, but that isn't enough. She's like, I have to fully commit to the bit and slams her face against the fucking sink to break her own nose. I'm like, I haven't seen commitment like this since fucking Scream, what, four? Mm -hmm. It's just like, yeah, from Jill. Jill's crazy ass. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like this, that was wild to me, but... I liked it because, again, we this movie does a great job of giving you character details through just action. Mm-hmm. And I really appreciate that where it's just like you just watch these characters exist in their scenarios. You learn so much about them. Yeah. And I feel like by this point in the story, we have learned so much about Alex. And it's kind of important, too, because like post this, once we get into the Vincent section, there's still character development and growth there. But there's a bit of a wall because she doesn't, well, she doesn't speak anymore because she doesn't want to reveal who who she is. Mm -hmm. And so we lose dialogue from her, um, but we still have to kind of go on this journey alongside her 
as she's pretending to be Adrian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This scene, honestly, was probably like the hardest for me to get to. Just the nose breaking bit was really hard to watch. Besides, yeah, I was squirming. besides the um, steroid injections every single time. Because mm-hmm. why are we not? Why do we need to see the needle? Why do we Just need to you. see the needle go into flesh? Why did it have to be that way? Because it's a foreign film. They don't shy away from the details. I didn't need it so much. <laughs> I got the gist the first time and I thought, wow. <laughs> wow, we can't keep doing this, but we did. So it is what it is. But you appreciate that nice bruised Vincent booty. Okay, whatever. I don't <laughs> mind the bruised booty. <laughs> I just don't need to see the needle meeting the bruised booty again and again and again. Um, but yeah, there's this. So Adrian is something is some is set up a little bit earlier in the movie, and then comes back as. Adrian was a little boy who went missing and now 10 years on, or I don't remember how much time they said it passed. They're still contemplating his disappearance. And so that is who she assumes the identity of. One thing I will say, however, it kind of bugged me. Mm-hmm. Adrian was brown. Are we not going <laughs> to pretend that that's true? I mean, in the photos that we see of him on the news, he is, I i don't know if he's just super tan, but to me, he looked like he had some melanin. And so why, why when they, when they're like, oh, this is what he's going to look like. This is what, when they do that thing that is the image of what they would look like at this age for missing people. They do Mm. that. And that's why she thinks, Oh, Hey, I could kind of look like that, but they took away his melanin for that. He looks (laughs) like a totally, he looks the same person, but if you just took away the, the color of his skin, it was weird to me. I thought, why did they, why is that Adrian? Why didn't they make Adrian look more like, I, and, like and, what Alexia is supposed to look like. And not even facial feature because regardless, she's going to have to disfigure herself. That's the whole point. But just skin tone wise, I thought mm-hmm. it was a little bit of a stretch to act like Adrian would have been paler as an adult than he was as a child. Um, I mean, that does happen sometimes where people lighten up over time. Not but... that much. <laughs> that was that was shades on. That was I... a lot of shades for me. Look, I, I I hear you. And to be fair and honest, I personally didn't really see the resemblance, um, which kind of made the sequence where Vincent shows up and he's like, you think I won't know my own son? Mm-hmm. And then it reveals Alexia. And he's like, yeah, that's my boy. I kind of laughed. It was like, really? <laughs> it was that easy? Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, actually, I kind of want to ask you this because... It is very much implied that somewhere along the line of this ruse, Vincent knows. Like, Mm -hmm. he knows for a fact that this is not Adrian. Do you think that he knew from the get that this wasn't Adrian? Or or do you think that he ever truly believed that this was his son? I think that from the beginning, I think a part of him knew. I think that part grew over time. But I do think that there is an element of him who doubts it from the start and just would like it to be him. I think Mm. it's more so that of, I would love for you to be Adrian, but you're probably not. And then as time goes on, it's like, 
love for you to be Adrian, but you're definitely not. <laughs> and mm -hmm. I, I think that that's why we get sort of the reaction that we get from him in the beginning is because it's this react it, to me, it feels like a reaction, not of someone who's, who's going, it's him. It's him after all these years, a more of a reaction of someone mentally battling within themselves of, do I accept this or do I, do I kind of give into the reality that my son is probably gone forever and is never coming back, which would I prefer? Because mm -hmm. I think at the end of the day for Vincent, Vincent is more so just in need of a son, in need of, of someone to make him a parent again. That's what it feels like for me with Vincent is it, it doesn't matter anymore who it is. It's, mm -hmm. it's just needs, he just needs somebody. And I feel like that overrides for him, whether it is Adrian or not. And therefore kind of, he's able to convince himself for a while that it is. Um, I will say though, going off of that, something that I kind of questioned and you, I want you to let me know what you think when I lay out these two scenarios for you. Mm -hmm. There's that sequence where they do the fire simulation and mm -hmm. Vincent hallucinates a little kid burning yeah. and it's not there. It's not really happening, but it, he sees it and it's, it's the first thing that happens right after he accepts Adrian back into his life. Do you think there's two ways that I that I framed this in my mind? A is that he is now just kind of having this hard time accepting that he lost his son at such a young age and now this person has come back older and there's this big gap of time where he wasn't a dad and it's almost this feeling of like oh my god i let you down as a kid and now we're dealing with this in our lives and like i might never see you again like almost a burning of innocence is like the kind of way that i at first i thought why i was interpreting it was just mm. that he feels this guilt about losing his son like letting his son down and he's kind of stuck uh, with adrian as a kid and like can't move past that because later on his ex-wife is like i can't believe you still left his room the same and you have all his toys the same and like you're still living in the past and it's almost this feeling of like burning the version of adrian that you remember and like having mm -hmm. to move on to what he might be now is one way. That's the A version that I thought at first. But then after the movie ended, I thought of another version, which is what if Adrian did actually die and mm -hmm. the dad knows that, but could not like, maybe it was his fault and he like can't live with that. And so instead of admitting that he died, he declared Adrian missing. And so, and if that is the case, then he knows that Adrian is dead. Mm -hmm. And is never coming back, but accepts this person anyway, because he just needs someone. Yeah. I mean, I personally, I was leaning towards the second one myself after the movie was over. Mm -hmm. um, and I I actually appreciate that the film doesn't ever let us know what like really happened to Adrian mm -hmm. and leaves it up to your interpretation. I feel like for me, the story is a bit more compelling if Adrian died when he was younger. 
and that Vincent knows from the get that this is not his son. Mm-hmm. For me, that makes Vincent the Vin, one Vincent's journey far more interest. Not like it wouldn't be interesting if he didn't know, but it's just like what a choice to make there to just decide to let this stranger into your home who is impersonating your dead your dead child and to give them a shot that's just like such a wild concept mm-hmm. to me and i almost feel like that idea is either solidified or even made muddier later on when the mom gets involved because even her reaction to seeing quote unquote adrian again is very it's left it's left up to interpretation because I felt like in the moment when the mom saw who Adrian was supposed to be, she was like, that's not my son. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like she knew mm-hmm. from the get. I was like, no, that is not Adrian. Um, and at first I thought that that was just like mother's intuition. But if going down the idea that like Adrian died, um, then both of them would be aware that this is not Adrian. And so like that sequence then has a whole different layer to it because now that's like Vincent introducing the mother of adrian to this person that he's allowing to replace their kid Mm -hmm. there's just like i feel like that is just so rich in terms of like drama yeah that that's where i lean towards um but again that's just like my interpretation of it because we don't ever get to know like we never get the solid answer Mm -hmm. so i the short version is i don't really know but my heart says that both of them know and that Adrian died yeah. when he was younger. But see, but I thought of it, the way that I thought of it and interpreted it was that the mom truly does believe that Adrian went missing and only the dad knows oh. that he died. That's mm. what I was thinking is that- I could see that. If, I could see that. If, if it, maybe it was a workplace act, maybe he brought Adrian to work one oh. time because you know he's so intent on like having adrian having be part adrian of it fire- and the whole yep. time in my head i'm like this he doesn't know how to be a fucking firefighter why are you bringing him on the scene but i'm like maybe that did happen in the past and then if he were to come back and say he's gone i don't know where he went he's gone and if the mom truly believed that he mm. was missing i feel like that would equally deteriorate a marriage if one person knew the truth and the other person didn't i feel That's like true. that would also lead into why vincent handles things so differently than the mother is because they have two very different ideas of what happened and i do feel like the mom is I, I think for her, it's like a little bit, I, I feel like her reaction to Adrian felt more real for me, for someone who's just kind of cautious and who truly has kind of moved on in a way, but is like, okay, maybe we'll see. And then I also feel like that makes sense on why when she comes in later, she reacts the way that she does because i feel Mm -hmm. like if she knew it wouldn't be a big fucking surprise that someone was pretending to be adrian i don't feel like she would be all like crazy about it but Mm. i don't know the way that she reacts to the situation makes me feel like she probably had doubts and then and then realized okay yeah this is some crazy person tricking my ex-husband yeah 
I mean, talking it out, I do feel like that all tracks. Mm -hmm. So I'm inclined to agree with you that that may be the direction of things. But the other flip side to this, right, is the relationship between Alex or Adrian. We can go either or at this point. um, And Vincent, because like, regardless of whether or not Vincent knows, right? He still allows this person to live with him and and create this, you know, parental bond with this person, um, which is so intriguing because it's the first time that we've seen Alex actually respond to that mm-hmm. sort of energy. And yeah. of course, there is a part of the equation where it's like you kind of have to keep up with the ruse and go along with things unless you want to be fucking given up to the cops right but we clearly see at some point along the line alex does find herself connected to vincent um especially during the sequence when he's like passed out in the bathroom and she has an opportunity to just kill him and instead is worried about his well-being Mm -hmm. i found that so fascinating um but then also there's i feel like a part of um alex slash adrian now that is growing accustomed to this lifestyle too in such a way that like i think goes into kind of the gender identity conversation of this Mm -hmm. film where it's just like after a while it feels like alex outside of the impending car baby that she's going to have She's growing pretty accustomed to this life as Adrian, Mm -hmm. Um, even to the point where, like, she's willing to actually talk and, like, interact with the people in this circle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Also, Adrian's tummy was looking a little flat for me for how far that pregnancy had. Look, tape can do wonders. Some some disbelief. Tape can do wonders. But baby, that shit was sucked in. And I was Mm -hmm. like. There ain't no way. You're like nine months. <laughs> I mean, we could get a little bit of leeway, but this is very, very, things are looking very flat for my liking. But yeah, you have to spend a little disbelief there. But yeah, I think for, it's, it's, it's interesting watching Adrian and Vincent's relationship because yeah, I, from the, at the very beginning of it all, we definitely get this vibe of, Adrian being backed into a corner, not wanting to be there and wanting to escape. And Vincent really, really trying to cage them in and say, this is your home now that you belong with me. And Mm -hmm. why would you want to leave? And once again, I think that's that same pushiness and control that at first makes Alexia want to run. And she's like, bitch, no, this is a means to an end. I'm out of here. And she does for a minute. And then we get this scene that, honestly, this is a scene that I had to think about for a long time because I was really trying to figure out what exactly it meant for her character. The bus scene. Mm. Yes, it was a scene that I was really trying to wrap my head around in the sense of what does this mean in the the overall story? Because it really is the moment that we get a decision to go back and to stay. And not mm-hmm. even just go back and stay, but to go back and be much more cooperative than mm-hmm. we have ever seen her be. And for me, 
the bus scene, I guess the way that I interpret it. So basically she gets on this bus and is still looking very androgynous. And so presumably, so it's her and then there's another lady that gets on the bus. They sit literally right across the aisle from each other. And then there's a group of guys that get in the back of the bus talking super loud about basically forcing women to have sex with them and how it doesn't matter to them uh, who it is or what it is. And they start harassing the lady that is sitting next to Alexia. And I think because Alexia still kind of looks like adrian i think our lady kind of looks at her as almost someone who could potentially be a a male that could help her like step in and kind of assist her in a way and so she keeps looking to her for support and alexia's like i ain't trying to be a part of this and Mm -hmm. from there she gets off the bus and i don't know i guess the way that i interpreted it was that I feel like that was a moment where she had to choose between this kind of sexualized, pushy, objectifying world that she could go back into and kind of, you know, stumble her way through that. Or she could go back to a place where she was more secure and more welcomed in a way and Mm -hmm. be in a place where you have a little bit more control and you have people around you who aren't looking at you in that way. And Mm -hmm. I feel like that was the moment that she chose to go back to that rather than live in this question mark of a world. And, but it's interesting because yeah, this is the moment when she goes back and she almost seems like she's going to stab Vincent still but then decides not to and instead decides to really play up the Adrian role. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, I think that it like when I when I rationalize it like that, it does make sense. I still think I'm trying to completely understand what exactly in that moment makes her change her mind so quickly. I, I don't quite well, know. <laughs> yeah, because it's like. I mean, I, I feel like I was in a similar place with you is like, I assume that it was like the idea of going back to not only these like dude bros in the back of this bus, but like the guy earlier who basically assaults her at mm-hmm. her car and just like all of the baggage that comes with being the woman that she was beforehand by continuing to be Adrian that allows her to let all that go and basically start over. Yeah. Um, and so I, I, this is not something that I feel like I really have a grasp over cause it's not something that I've dealt with, dealt with in my life. Mm-hmm. But I do think like that idea of like gender identity and like what you want to be perceived as the things that you want to deal with and like what factors go into people deciding who that they're, they're going to be mm-hmm. for portions of their life. Um, I think this bus sequence is a great reflection of that because it's just like it's unfortunately a harsh reminder of like some of the things that women have to deal with by just existing. Right. Right. So it's like although this isn't a like although Alex is living a lie here, this lie seems to be a simpler life than the life that they were living beforehand, because now it's just like. 
wake up, wrap up, go do the firefighter thing, mm. and then repeat and don't have to deal with any of this other shit. Yeah. So it's like, I feel like throughout the the journey between Adrian and Vincent, we see Adrian grow more accustomed to this life and think like, maybe I can do this. Um, the biggest issue being the pregnancy, though, and like, that's the part that it seems like Alex can escape is like, had she not gotten car pregnant, I think she would have just remained Adrian for as long as possible. Mm -hmm. But because that happened, she has this nine month clock that's like, at some point, this lie is going to get revealed. Right. Well, and it's not even nine months. This and it's an not even nine months because it's going at like pregnancy. A, yeah. Yeah. It's probably like a month, month or yeah, two. I, tops. It's actually <laughs> kind of hard to tell the passage of time yeah. for like how long she, she remains there. But regardless, yeah, the this pregnancy is moving at a rapid, rapid yes, pace. Very much so. Um, yeah, yeah, that's, I think you're, that could be true. Yeah, I wonder if maybe she looked over at that lady and almost saw a, a version of what her life could be, always having to deal with bullshit like this. And also, too, I mean, what are you going to do? Try and kill every single <laughs> group of, of boys? Because we've had that, where she's had, you know, we've had a mistake. We've had an incident that kind of really uprooted her life. And I feel mm -hmm. like in the firehouse, it's it's almost, it's interesting because you're surrounded by people. Some of these people are not very welcoming to Adrian's presence. But at the same time, I almost feel like that is the kind of environment that she wants. She says she has, she has like I said, she has no desire really to connect with people that much. So if people don't want to talk to her. It's not skin off her back. Like, she doesn't yeah. care. She doesn't care. If and people... she's got somebody facilitating that, too. Yeah. Because Vincent's like, if Adrian doesn't want to talk, Adrian doesn't need to talk. Yeah. And if y'all got a problem with that shit, get the fuck out. And so. Yeah. And so they, everything kind of works. Yeah. They just kind of treat her as another person that's living there. And that is what it is. I, I, I will say another scene that I thought was pretty funny was the scene where they take Adrian for the call, the like emergency response call. Mm -hmm. And the old lady, <laughs> the old lady is like yeah. gripping, <laughs> gripping <laughs> her hand. And she keeps trying to like slip her arm out of her grasp. <laughs> and then when she starts like gasping for breath and, mm -hmm. and she just looks down at her like, ew. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Also in that sequence, I, I wrote in my notes. I I also sing the Macarena like that. Macarena. I mean, yeah. I feel like unless <laughs> that's I think that's how most people probably sing it. Unless of course you know like you Spanish, know the words. yeah. Then, <laughs> but yeah, that's a that's another good scene that I thought was played tonally. I I really liked it, and I think it's a yeah. great scene that also there's a lot of great bonding moments between Vincent and Adrian that are so differing. Like I feel like at first it's very aggressive because Vincent is trying so hard to get a reaction out of Adrian. And so there's this whole dance sequence where it starts with them dancing and then they start hitting each other. And 
I feel like Vincent is so desperate for some kind of connection that like anything. Yeah. Just kind of any sort of emotion or reaction because Adrian is kind of just a blank slate at this point in time. And so he's really pushing it. And then I feel like as time goes on and he pulls back a little bit, that it feels much more like uh, allowing Adrian to come to him in a way seems to work out a lot better than the push that he originally started with. Vincent, but we ain't going to sit here and act like Vincent is just normal <laughs> because no, Vincent no. is definitely He's got a lot going on. Vincent definitely has a, a lot going on. I do think that there is an interesting also side plot to him about he is so obsessed with being in the best shape and being at the top of his game and kind of fighting this aging process. Mm -hmm. And like I said, I feel like he really is just a character who feels to me like stuck in the past and having a really hard time moving on and looking to the future until the very end of this movie when mm -hmm. there is a future that is possible for him a very wild future when you think about it but a future nonetheless um and so the whole movie he's yeah injecting himself with steroids to keep fast and fit and strong but it's fucking him up it's not mm -hmm. reacting well with his body anymore and it's really really not doing him any good but he can't stop because he's fighting so hard against the reality of the present which is you're getting older you're slowing down you're not going to be as fit you're not going to be that idea of a man and a father that i think he so desperately is trying to like fit himself into it's like very mm -hmm. specific mold that has been put on him and he's not willing to recognize that those expectations and those standards are like unrealistic i feel like he's having a really really hard time dealing with that and yeah. I feel like that is another aspect for him that is kind of fucking with him. And like kind of along with this whole Adrian thing is kind of like fucking with the way that he handles a lot of situations and honestly really starts to affect not only him, but affects the way that he is at his job. Yeah, it's true. Um, we also get kind of like another subplot between him and like one of his like right hand men. I'm forgetting his name right now, unfortunately. It's like Ray. Um, there's something like that. I feel like his nickname was like Conscience or something like that, which is like I recall being very strange. Oh, right, Rayan, Ranny, something like that. Perhaps yeah, perhaps R A Y A N E. <laughs> yeah, however you're supposed to pronounce that. Um, there's that subplot where like it feels like he had kind of become the son figure yeah. for vincent and so like adrian coming back kind of uprooted that and also did he just let him die in the forest yeah, sequence let's talk is that what happened that. there let's talk about that for just a hot second because so like yeah because <laughs> yeah, he so at some point i think it's honestly right after the the call um where he gets a little bit butthurt that adrian took his took his job there for a second mm -hmm. Um, he sees the post of Alex and is like, hold on, you look exactly like this and puts two and two together, realizes that this is not Adrian and brings it up to Vincent being like, hey, that's not your in a kind of roundabout way just being like, look, yo, that's not your kid. Mm -hmm. And Vincent is very quick to be like, shut the fuck up. Don't yeah. 
don't even talk about it. Don't even bring that up. Yeah. Like that's not a conversation. Keep his I name out have. your mouth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> keep keep Adrian's name out your mouth. <laughs> and then we have the sequence later on where they're like they're responding to some sort of a fire call with like a uh, like a trailer or something like that. Yeah, it's like it's a forest fire, but. In the middle of the forest, there was a trailer, and I think it's probably like the extra fuel or the gas that like yeah, like a gas trailers have are inside of the RV. So they're supposed to go and extract those so that there's not a huge explosion and that the rest of the fire or the the fire doesn't continue to spread throughout the woods. That's like their whole reason was to extract these canisters and like secure them. But then he like. I mean, during that sequence, he gets one of the canisters and like he gives it to Ryan or however you say his name. And we then cut to an explosion from the POV of people outside the forest and we go back and there is no more uh, Ryan. (laughs) He's gone. Yeah. Implying that he got blown up. And uh, Vincent just kind of watched it and let it happen because he handed him the gas canister. That's yeah. So this is another one where I have two scenarios (laughs) Mm -hmm. because a first we do see going into the situation. I think we're really starting to see a huge deterioration in Vincent. Yeah, Vincent's not doing well. He's not doing good. He's really not. He's he's a little fucked up right now, mentally, physically. And this is not the first time we've seen him on the job with his head space not entirely there and we start this mission off with him not entirely there like he is not fully involved invested in what they're doing we start off and ray kind of makes a comment about adrian that pisses vincent off probably wouldn't have said anything if it was me personally i would have kept my shit shut because i'm like Mm -hmm. you're in a kind of a life or death situation i would (laughs) I would ideally I would like everybody to be having my back. (laughs) So if it was me, I wouldn't have said nothing. But he makes a comment, kind of riles him up. And Vincent is the one who grabs the canister. And it almost feels like he doesn't know. It's like he keeps forgetting what the fuck they're supposed to be doing. Like he's really slow. He's really Mm -hmm. sluggish. He's not doing all of the procedures. And he kind of gives the thing to to uh, gives the canister to Ray and walks away, and then the explosion happens. So one way is that he was being careless, and mm-hmm. as a result, somebody got hurt. The second that I think is more plausible is that earlier in the movie, Vincent makes a comment to Adrian that's basically like. If anybody ever hurts you, I will kill them, including Mm -hmm. myself. And out of everybody in this film, the biggest obstacle that they end up having, surprisingly, is is Ray. Ray. Because he's the first person to be kind of accepting of Adrian, but is also the first person to turn on Adrian. And Vincent knows that. He's brought it up to Vincent. And so... I just think it's one of those things where Vincent was like, he's not going to fucking let this go. And it was an easy situation to say, "Uh uh-oh, 
mistake. Like this, mm-hmm. you know, this is probably a possibility that something like this could happen on a mission like this. And so I think he purposefully gave him that thing and was like, okay, stay here. And then walked as far away as he possibly could before the explosion happened. And it was just like an easy way to take him out so that their relationship would not be ruined or compromised because Ray was starting to become a big problem. And yeah, I think Vincent kind of came through with his promise of like, if anybody hurts you, I'll kill them. Yeah, I I agree with you, though I will throw a little bit of shade Ray's way and be like, you are a professional firefighter at this point. Why are you just standing there in the midst of a fire with a gas canister? <laughs> like, even, even with sabotage potentially being at play here, mm-hmm. you should have been able to put something together here of like, I should probably be like moving or get somewhere away from flames. Like, it, Ray just standing there and waiting for his imminent demise knowing full well how dangerous that canister was mm-hmm. a little sus but yeah i do think that regardless the the fallout of that sequence um leads to one a very beautiful shot of just vincent standing amongst the flames um i did think was really mm-hmm. cool um but then also puts us in this very strange position um as we get nearer to the like full reveal of who Alex actually is. Cause like when Alex finally reveals, or I guess when Vincent finds out that Alex is not Adrian, by that point, Vincent absolutely knows and doesn't give a shit, which right. I thought was a very interesting place to be. Um, and I guess I was, I, how did you feel about that reaction? Well, well, a couple of things first, in Ray's defense, we don't know if he did try and walk or what he did. Because we do cut away yeah, we don't, we don't post see anything. That's him getting true. the thing. So who knows what kind of moves he was making before he did blow up. Also, he but he died. The vision that Alexia sees later when they're all at the party and she sees him. Mm-hmm. That's just a vision, right? Like, he's dead. I, right? I That's what I thought, too. I was like, he has to be. He, Otherwise... Why is he in the firefighter rave all bloody and bruised and nobody gives a shit? But like, also, okay, because the we established that they, they all kind of do these like dance parties to de- de-stress post-work, mm-hmm. which makes sense because that is a very stressful job. So I, I actually really enjoy those scenes where they're all kind of just like letting all of their energy and- out. Um it's just also kind of wild that like nobody mourns. <laughs> nobody mourns yeah, him at all. Yeah, that was wild, right? And I think that's why I was confused about whether or not he that actually was a vision. Died. Yeah. Yeah, cuz I'm like if he actually died, I feel like there would have been some reaction out of the group other than let's get fucked up. Yeah, like nobody cares, which is pretty <laughs> wild. Um but yeah, so then we get to later and yeah, we get to a point where Vincent, I and I think that's also part of the reason that Vincent kind of took Ray out is because I do feel like at that point, Vincent was 100% new that that wasn't yeah. Adrian. And but having somebody else know that was not going to work. It's OK if he knows it and he's OK with it. But I think that for him, having someone else know that information felt like a bad thing. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, we we have Vincent basically say, oh, hey, uh, whoever you are, like, 
officially you're my son. I, I'm at this point now where you feel like my son. So I don't really care who you are. And then Alexia's towel falls off and he's like, oh, but because I think that regardless, I do think he still thought it was a male. And so mm-hmm. I do think that that took him by uh, like off guard. Also, we get some moments in time where I kept thinking Vincent was going to straight up kiss Adrian on the mouth. Same. And same. <laughs> I <It's>, it- <laughs> That that weirded me out too. I chalked that up to just French parental loving and just some sorts of shows of intimacy that I am not used to. That's what I thought it was. But there was another part of my brain that was definitely like, did you have the hots for your son? Because that's kind of weird, Vincent. Right. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> there was a kiss, a very specific kiss. I was like right on the corner of Adrian's mouth. And I was like, that's close to a full-on French kiss. Um, Mm -hmm. So that always made me a little bit, that that always put me a little on edge. I was like, oh, so yeah, I I think that 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 does take Vincent aback, I think, because he's built up this idea of like, my son, my son, my son, and then is presented with a different idea than what he was expecting. And it's Mm -hmm. interesting because we don't really ever get any sort of we don't get more from that because from that moment in time from like until the end basically we don't ever get to see them have kind of like a conversation or any more about that where adrian well it feels like it's kind of like an acceptance once they once mr reveals like hey i know that you're not adrian it's kind of just like they're both like all right well here we are like yeah. this is yeah it is but then i feel like post post that there's this huge strain on their relationship it's like pre the towel falling it's like you're my son no matter what and then the towel falls and then there's this huge rift between them and we don't That's ever true. see that get reconciled because from then on it's like that happens he promptly leaves she mm-hmm. dances in front of all the firemen which upsets him and then mm-hmm. he fucking lights himself on fire and then yeah. puts it out, changes his mind. And then the next time we see them is when Alexia comes in and tries to seduce him and then begs for help. And and he does almost leave her. He does almost be like, peace, I'm out. And then he comes back because he's like, okay, no, I'll help you. Um, yeah. And like, I... I have some, like, I guess, conflicting thoughts or feelings about the ending sequence because I, I like it a lot just in because of the sheer amount of things that are happening. But, like, I feel like one thing that is present through a lot of this movie that I slip in and out of remembering is just, like, the fear attached to this pregnancy mm-hmm. for, for Alex. Um, because, like, granted... There's a lot happening, but there is a car baby inside of Alex. Like, you have to always remember that she had sex with a car and is now having a baby Mm -hmm. from said car. And so on a in a world that has been established is pretty close to our everyday life. I am sure that that is an absolutely terrifying thing to be happening especially when you are oozing motor oil and your stomach is starting to rip open. Yeah. 
Alex is in a very vulnerable place by the time she walks into that bedroom um, where Vincent almost lit himself on fire. And so, like, like, it's a weird moment when she kisses him, but, like, I didn't read that as seduction personally. I, I felt more just like a moment of pure vulnerability that she hadn't had with Vincent up until that point. Because, like, we even get her saying, like, I love you, which I feel like for her in that moment was probably a very confusing thing to say and feel. Mm -hmm. Because it's like, she's obviously scared out of her mind because she knows this baby's coming. Like, we've already seen the lead up to that. And she's in a very vulnerable place here. Um, but we also have not seen her connect with another human being like this either, which I think is also a bit of a new experience for for Alex as well. But I just feel like there's a lot going on up there for her in that moment. Yeah, I mean, I guess, like, maybe sed seduce isn't the right word, but it just feels like, I feel like she does, however, mix up this, that because she loves him and because maybe it's the first time she's felt that way, I feel like she almost mixes it with the romantic relationship, whether she's meaning to or not. But I do feel like because she never feels that way about human beings, I do feel like there is a part of her that potentially blurs that line because mm -hmm. although, yeah, she's vulnerable, I think it's more so the way that she does it does mm -hmm. feel sexual it's the way that she like kisses up his chest no, yeah and, like like, it, like it, in that moment like there's definitely some like sexual tension yeah. there but i guess i'm coming from like i feel like that's that's coming from a place of confusion on alex's part just because of the sheer amount of emotions that she's probably going through in this moment. Yeah, and I, I guess that's what I mean too, is it's like, I feel like for her, that confusion comes from not ever feeling that love towards someone before and in not having a difference between like familial love, romantic love. Right. Um, Just like those lines that for most people are very distinctive. I don't mm -hmm. feel like she would necessarily have that distinction because she doesn't she's not really had a connection like either one of those connections with a human being before. And so I feel like for her, it all blurs into one thing. And it's like, mm -hmm. oh, I love you. So this is kind of what it will. This is how this you is, show love. This is how our like, relationship should be, because I love you and you love me. Yeah. And, and you also like, you know, now that I'm not your son. And yeah. like at the, by that point. So it's like there's a lot there's a lot happening there. Um. But, I mean, he's obviously freaked the fuck out by this. Uh, he gets up. But then we have, like, the whole baby delivery yeah. sequence after that where he's, like, he's about to dip out, like you said. But then she's like, look, please don't go. Like, I'm really fucking afraid right now. Mm -hmm. Help me out. And by that point, their weird, twisted bond is tight enough that he's like, yo, I'm here for you. Mm -hmm. Like... Let's do this thing. Let's deliver this car, baby. Mm-hmm. And they do. And they do. They do. They deliver this little half half man, half machine. <laughs> no, mm -hmm. they do. But they it's like a little baby uh, that has metal kind of all throughout its spine and its head and its arms. And so 
But in doing so, in delivering the baby, it kills her because mm-hmm. it kind of the metal that was in her stomach kind of protrudes out. Not only that, but the titanium plate that was in her head uh, the, from the strain of pushing this baby out kind of also pops out. And so yeah. she's yeah, she dies. And, and Vincent Which does some cool body makeup, by the way, to yeah, like have her cool. like kind of like half android style mm-hmm. body which leads back into the kind of the title of things but. yeah it does look cool and and i feel like by this point vincent does want her to stay want her around he does try and save her and it doesn't work but he also i feel like this is the first time where he seems genuinely like holding this baby i feel like it's the first time that he like feels genuinely like happy because but i think it's that sense of like i'm a dad again like i this is my this is a future that i can look forward to i think this is the connection that he's been looking for this whole time is like something and somebody that he can take care of and he's basically just been handed that now Mm. obviously it's under like extremely hard circumstances but he cares so much that to him is so important and so exciting that he doesn't even give a fuck that this is a little that this baby is mixed with met like he doesn't even notice this he doesn't (laughs) care it's the important thing is that he finally he's not alone anymore and i think that that's all he has been wanting is just to feel like a father again And also, too, it's interesting because I also do feel like there's a point in time in this film where Alexia also starts to kind of get excited about the pregnancy and like, yeah, excited about the baby. And it's just there's like a a time where and I feel like that's a time where she really is kind of battling internally about like who she has become and who she's comfortable with, but then like who she was. Because mm-hmm. it's that moment where she's like, oh, I'm sorry, when she has like t- taped down her stomach again and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's a time where we kind of see her battling with these two sides of her identity and like, but still being both of them and still kind of like, you know, like identifying with both of them. And I feel like another time we see that is when she does that dance in, in front of mm-hmm. all the firemen. It's like these two sides of who she is. And how they both come out at once. And in in some regard, like she is both sides of that. And she has embraced both sides of that. But I did think that that was interesting because that was something I wasn't expecting was for her to embrace the pregnancy. Despite, obviously, she's still very uncomfortable. It's still very painful. That side of it is still obviously very, very hard for her. But mm-hmm. yeah, it was just I, I I did not expect that to happen for her to like be okay with it at at one point in time i feel like there's almost like this weird sense of freedom Mm -hmm. to her character like right before we get the delivery sequence because even with like the dance and stuff too right that it feels like alex has in that moment accepted being adrian right like accepted this world that she's now in but also is accepting, like you said, the other parts of herself as well, where mm-hmm. it's like she could have gone up there and done anything. But at that point in time, like Vincent already knows who she or just knows that she's not Adrian. And so like 
it almost feels like a moment of of bliss for her to be like you know what this is me Mm -hmm. and like you guys are all just gonna see me like i don't really care of your perceptions of who i am it's like i am all of these things Mm -hmm. i am both the the um replacement adrian but i'm also alexia the the car dancing queen like i i am all of these things Mm -hmm. and like Although the response that she get it, she gets isn't like the best response from the firefighters, it still is like I feel like for that character a weird sort of like tranquil place to be, and yeah. like honestly, kind of the last bit of happiness I feel like Alex gets to feel before she you know has to exit the film finally, yeah. and it's just like. I don't know. It was I I really like that sequence, but it's like, I don't know. This this movie just makes me feel so many things because like even the character of Vincent, I was so sure I wasn't going to like Vincent Mm -hmm. when this film started. But like going down this weird ass journey with these characters, I just can't help but like feel for these two and just like want them to find happiness. It just feels like a story of two two characters that are going through a tragic period of their lives that just connect with each other and then somehow build this weird patchwork relationship through that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I got yeah. sorry, I got off on a tangent on that. No, you're good. No, yeah. I mean, this movie to me was definitely like very stressful, but it's weird though. It, it it's like I never really was rooting for our characters. Right. I don't think I've ever, I was really rude. I don't think I was ever really rooting for anybody in this movie, but it was still fascinating to watch them navigate these situations. Yeah. And so like a casual observer of all this weird shit that was going yeah. down. Yeah, definitely. It just feels like you're watching this very strange moment into people's lives that just so happen to like intersect. And then you're just kind of watching that unfold for both of them so it's yeah like i said it was very interesting to watch very stressful um Mm -hmm. but it's the ending of it i i do like the ending of it i appreciate that we got to see really what it this all unfolded to and yeah it really does leave on a on a hopeful note for vincent um but it's yeah and i think you're right with the there's a very like free feeling with that dance that Alexia does in front of all the firemen. And I do think it's so interesting though, because she, yeah, she doesn't give a fuck until she sees Vincent and then, upset. And then yeah. that's like the thing that almost snaps her out. But I think that that's just one of those things where I feel like even despite what he said, I do think that even if he, even if she wasn't Adrian, I still think that there was a part of him that wanted her to be to play the role to play the part and she wasn't anymore and I think that's the part that he was having a hard time kind of like uh accepting with that situation yeah. is regardless of how much he wants to say oh it's fine it's fine it's fine he still wanted her to present in a very specific way and, and now that that's out of the bag, it's just like, well, shit. Yeah, it feels like everything got kind of messed up because she did not continue to play that role in the way that he was hoping. And so 
I feel like he could not connect connect the two different people. It was like he saw that person in such a specific way for the whole time. And when they were no longer that, I feel like that really messed with him. Mm-hmm. And I also feel like that's why at the end, it's almost like now he doesn't have to like worry about that anymore. And just like, it's kind of like, it's a, a fresh start. You don't have to worry about trying to fit this person into the mold of what you were wanting or what you, you right. know, what you had. And now you're starting like totally fresh. And so I feel like that also is probably really exciting for, for him. So yeah. yeah. Really weird, strange kind of what the fuck journey. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. like you said, we do end on this somber yet hopeful note mm-hmm. um, overall. Uh, but yeah, it is a, it's a very emotionally like thick film and like there's a lot there's a lot of things to navigate um even with the amount that we've discussed it Mm -hmm. during this episode i still feel like i'm there are so many thoughts that are still swirling through my brain about what i just saw um that i'm still trying to navigate but um overall still a wild journey that i do not mind Mm -hmm. that i went on um but i am curious to know what you would uh, rate this one out of and how you felt about it overall. I was trying to think of a better segue there. But yeah, I got yeah, now you good. Um, okay, so we could rate this out of... Uh, Deadly hairpins. Deadly hairpins. We could do that. I, I don't force... Cadillac babies. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Bionic babies. Oh, bionic babies. That might be the yeah, one. That's the one. Yeah, it might be a bionic baby kind of kind Always of. Always get Erica with that alliteration. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. the way. It's the secret. I'm a sucker for it, to be honest. <laughs> but okay, yeah. I'm cool with bionic babies. Would you like to go first or would you like me to go first? Uh I can go first. Okay. Tentatively, but I can go first. <laughs> okay. Um ugh. all right. So from the get this movie is good so it's going to be a higher rating i'm just having a hard time placing exactly where i am on this one watch Mm -hmm. but i think i'm gonna give titan 4.5 out of 5 bionic babies okay i think i think that this is a really good film like from a movie making aspect everything is top notch like i think it looks really good i think the characters are pretty fleshed out And I think the plot is engaging enough that it's like just a good overall story. Um, But I also feel like this movie does have a lot to say. I just know for a fact that on one watch, I just didn't take all of it in. Mm -hmm. So like for that reason, I have a hard time like placing exactly how like how good this movie is. But I, I, I feel like I just appreciate it as a film. Like I watched it and by the end of it, I was like, that was a good movie. And I feel like any movie that really makes me sit and think the way that this movie does is just kind of a tribute to how well made I think it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, overall, it was a good experience. It was a good experience. Um, really had me in my head thinking about a lot of things. And I just I'm a sucker for movies that do um, prompt conversation like this and like really have you um, think and, and and try and um, decipher the things that you saw. And I also appreciate a film that is 
brave enough to allow you to sit in that confusion and doesn't hold your hand with everything gives you the amount that they want to give you and then lets you figure out the rest i do appreciate when films do that so yeah i'm gonna say 4.5 out of 5 uh bionic babies okay i think i'm gonna give this one i think i'm gonna give this one a 3.7 out of 5 bionic babies because I agree with you, I think that this is a really beautiful movie, both in both visually and also story-wise. I do think it's like a very, very beautiful story at the end of the day. Much more of an emotional story than I was expecting it to be. Um, mm-hmm. I just personally, I, I don't know. I, I felt I had a little bit of just a hard time feeling really the feels into the story i wasn't as captivated by the story as i thought i was going to be mm-hmm. and i think i just had some moments where i found myself kind of falling out because it wasn't the story at times felt like it dragged for me which mm-hmm. i don't think is going to be the case for a lot of people but i think just at times some of the scenes went on longer than I expected or some of the moments played out just in a different way than I expected, which is not a bad thing by any means. But just for me, I there were there were things in this movie that I wanted more of that we didn't get. And then some of the stuff that I to me didn't feel quite as important felt like they took up that space. And I think at the end of the day, I really appreciate this movie. I appreciate the ideas and I appreciate that a lot of this movie is not cut and dry and that there is a lot of interpretation. I think that that's really fun. And I do think that this movie might be one upon rewatches that improves for me now, especially now that I've seen it. But yeah, I I don't know. I think definitely I was the first 25 minutes i was like really really into it and even an hour in, i was still i was still very involved but i think as as time wore on i just waned a little bit Mm. and by the end of it honestly i i did have kind of a hard time pinning how exactly i felt about this movie because it's like i liked it and i was glad that i watched it but at the same time i didn't love it if that makes sense yeah, no, nah, I feel that. I feel that. And that's kind of like where I was too. Mm-hmm. We're trying to like really decide where I feel about this. Honestly, I think I might even like drop to like a four after mm-hmm. hearing you. But I think like perhaps a four out of five is a bit closer to how I feel. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, it's good. Like, I, I think this yeah. is a good movie. But it's just not, it's not my favorite. And I think because I can't fully quantify why it's not. It, it like makes me want to just like rate it higher. Mm-hmm. But I think if I'm going with my heart around like a four, that sounds right to me. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm 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 glad that I watched it though. I am I'm really mm-hmm. glad that I that I checked it out because I do think especially for our body horror movie, I do actually think it's a really beautiful movie. But yeah, it's just it's just not it's 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 a hard one to pin it's a hard one for me to pin down about my feelings (laughs) the artsy foreign films and Mm -hmm. they're they're hard 
They're, they're difficult. They're tricky. They are tricky. <laughs> but I would love to know what you guys thought of Titan. You can let us know on our social media. We are homies of horror on everything. Or if you prefer to talk to us on Discord, you can find the link for that in our social media bios. Discord is where we hang out with the homies. Um, we discuss horror, but we also talk about some other things in there. So if you guys would like to come through and say hello to us, but everybody else, then we'd love to see you. You can also email us. We are homies of horror at gmail.com. You can email us request recommendations and business inquiries. And if you're listening to this on Monday, that means we are streaming on Twitch tonight. Twitch is where we play spooky games with the homies, hang out, have some drinks, have some laughs. We'd love to see you there as well. So go to the link in our social media bios for that. And last but never least, if you are so inclined, we would very much appreciate it if you'd leave us a rating or a review. You can do both on Apple Podcasts. The more we get, the better. Recommends our show to more listeners. And we just like to hear what you guys are thinking of the show. So if you have an Apple account and haven't done that, we'd love for you to. Over on Spotify, you can rate us by simply clicking the stars underneath our name to leave a rating. But thank you, homies, so much for hanging out with us today. And we hope that you have a great rest of your week. Catch you next time, homies. Bye.